0: hey this is mike Brake, the lead pastor at freedom church in los alamos just want to say thank you so much for stopping by the podcast today i hope you feel encouraged and i hope you feel inspired today to take your next step of faith with jesus enjoy the message Our scripture today is going to come out of Mark 5. Let's stand in. I'll, I'll read this to you. You'll be up on the screen. It says, so they arrived to the other side of the lake in the region of the Gerasenes. We'll just kind of remember that. We'll come back to that later. That's usually not a highlighter verse, but it's a very important one for the day. It says, when Jesus climbed out of the boat, a man possessed by an evil spirit came out of the tombs to meet him. And that man lived in the burial caves, but could no longer be restrained, even with a chain. Wherever he was put into chains and shackles, whenever he was put into chains and shackles, he was chained up and in bondage, and as often as he would, he would snap those chains from his wrist and he smashed the shackles. No one was strong enough to subdue him. Day and night he wandered. Day and night he wandered among those burial caves, in the empty tombs and in the hills, howling and cutting himself in sharp stones. And Jesus was still some distance away. The man saw him and ran to meet him, and he bowed low before him. And with a shriek, he screamed, Why are you interfering with me, Jesus, Son of the Most High God? And in the name of God, I beg you, don't torture me. For Jesus had already said to the spirits, come out, come out, come out of the man, you evil spirit. And then Jesus demanded, What is your name? Uh, as you take a seat, take about 30, 60 seconds, say hello to some people and ask them, what is your name? If you meet someone new, uh, say hello, and then you can be seated. Righty. Hey, you guys have in your in your seats, I gave you this. This hello, my, my name is. Jesus asked the gentleman, what is, what is your name? Now, most of us, when we would, if I gave this to you and said, what's your name? You would fill out your, your name. You can imagine this scene, or maybe we can't, because this is such a, a scene in the Bible that I'm like, I really can't relate to this. Uh, this, this guy is chained up kind of scary. He's got demons. He's living in a cemetery. I think in one of the Gospels, not in this one, it says he was running around. He didn't have any clothes on. So you got naked streaker guy uh, cutting himself, howling in the cemetery, running up to you a little bit uh, a little bit freaky. And uh, I don't know, has it, who in here has watched the uh, TV series, uh, The Chosen? Have you seen any of that that's on? Some of us have. It's really good. You ought to check it out. Um, but in the first episode, there's a demon-possessed woman, I'm not going to give it away, and Nicodemus, who, who we read about, he actually comes and he tries to like, cast out this demon, and so he's there like, saying all these religious chants and, come out, demon, and all, like, all these things, and, and then all of a sudden, the, the demon-possessed person looks at him square in the eye and says, you have no power over us. And I know for me, but it just like gave me goosebumps. I'm like, whoa, you know, I'm just watching a TV show, and I'm scared. Here this is right in their, their face. I mean, um, it's a little bit hard to relate, especially when he asks, what's your name? And this guy says, my name is Legion, because there are many of us. And a Legion would have kind of referenced, it would have sparked the idea of a a Roman legion where there's thousands of troops in a legion, and you're like, a guy is thousands of, of demons in. Like, okay, uh, I'm 2021. I don't think I'm really kind of wrestling with demon possession and, and these sorts of things. But what, um, what he did when he was asked his name, didn't respond with, hello, my name's Mike. I got problems. I've got issues. No, he, he, he identified with what was oppressing him. Now, I'm I'm going to try to preach today. You're going to have to help me out. But he identified not so much with his name, but the things that had wounded him and caused him pain in his life. He was dealing with the things that had been oppressing him. My name is, is Legion. I don't know who in here today might be struggling with pain and wounds inflicted on you from other people in your life. Come on now. He, he had been chained and shackled by somebody who had tried to uh, uh, oppress him. And you may not be carrying chains and, and shackles of the physical nature, but somebody told you something and they tried to put you down. Somebody may have abused you at some point in time, verbally, physically, sexually, emotionally, and it has changed you to try to keep putting you down. This person identified more with the issues that were oppressing him in his life. And primarily, come on now, let's get a little bit real. Who put the chains and shackles on him? At some point in time, it was most likely some religious leaders in that area. Come on. We've been wounded in the church, by church leaders, by church people, and we carry those issues around with us. Some of us, we have carried the pain. This guy, it says this guy was living in a cemetery alone, all right? I don't even like going to the cemetery in in daylight. I went camping over the weekend. I was already kind of scared because it's nighttime or whatever. Who wants to go camping in a cemetery tonight? Nobody. We're scared, right? And he lived there alone rejected and outcast of his region. And if you've ever spent time with loneliness, if, if loneliness has become a friend in your life, that divorce that came and you did not expect that to come, the grief and the loss of a loved one that we felt, maybe it's the pain of loneliness of a miscarriage and you have, you have spent any time with loneliness and you know the pain that that comes along with that in that loneliness and in that time. It said he wandered. He was wandering around, howling, cutting himself even, carrying the pain that he had been been hurting himself and wounding himself. Why was he cutting himself? How many of you in the room know or have known a cutter in your life? many of us many of us when i sometimes i get the privilege to teach at the high school and i ask that question almost every time it's 100%. now you may not cut maybe you do you may be like i don't understand why somebody would cut it works why would somebody cut it works you're like it works yeah it it will numb the pain it will distract from the pain Whatever is spiraling out of control, it, can, it will do that thing. That's why people do it. You may not cut, but you have your thing. It may be success. Whatever's spiraling out of control, I'll just go to whatever's more. More money, the promotion, whatever's next, that will satisfy. I'll get that little hit, and then I'll keep going. It works, but only for a little bit. But maybe yours isn't success. Maybe, maybe it's money. Maybe it's shopping. Maybe it's that little hit online. Hey, I'll post something. I'll get the likes. I'll get the dopamine. I like it. Maybe it's church. I come to church, and I'll numb the pain, and I'll check the box, and, and I, I, I'm, I'm doing good. I must be, and we'll distract from whatever's going on. We, there's our, there are ways besides cutting in which we hurt ourselves. I'll take another drink. I'll fill it up with busyness. If I'm just busy, then I don't have to think about it. I'll just keep loading up the schedule, and we must be good because we have a busy life. We have a home. We have all of these things. We must be good, and we will numb ourselves and distract ourselves from this inner pain that's going on, and it may not even be something physical. Like, I would find, I, could, I, I really do. If we sat down, we could find yours. Some of you, you'll binge watch uh, Fox News. Hello. You'll, you'll distract yourselves from whatever is going on and spiraling out of control in your life and you just get angry and frustrated and it, it fills you up for a little bit and distracts. It could be gossip or judgment, the stuff that's going on in your brain to just put yourself a little bit higher on the pedestal and I don't really have to think about my issues or pain. We hurt ourselves. This man had pain from others. He had pain from loneliness and he would also hurt himself in this moment. I could almost think of no one else in Scripture that I would think would be farther gone from Jesus than this guy, who would have the, the least amount of hope. Naked streaker guy living in a cemetery with thousands of demons. Oh, <laughs> but when Jesus is here, come on, somebody. When Jesus is here, hope is here. When Jesus is here, Hope is here. Why is it so important that he asks his name? I don't think you have to hide your issues. I don't think you have to hide your scars. He says, my name is Legion. So when you can name it, I think it's so important for you to name your hurts, name your wounds. Because if you can name it, all of a sudden, now I know a name above all other names That can heal, that can provide direction, that can provide hope in this situation. You don't have to hide your scars anymore after today. You don't have to hide your issues and your wounds and be afraid. What is your name? What is your name today? Help was on the way. Healing was on the way. Grace was on the way. Today I want to do a little bit of demon theology it sounds kind of weird for a sermon, but I want to say you're, if you have wounds today, and we do, if we're honest, you are wounded with a purpose, and there was plenty of hope for this man who seemed to have lost all hope and have no purpose. He says, in the name of God, all right, so my name's Legion, but in the name of God, this name above all other names, he says, I beg you, don't torture me. So, so demon theology, number one, the enemy, the enemy knows who Jesus is, all right? So oftentimes, if you, I gave the cemetery argument a few minutes ago, all right, we're, we're afraid of it. The supernatural, be like, oh, I ain't dealing with none of that today, all right, but it is afraid of Jesus, okay? Jesus even said in Mark chapter four, if you flip back, he's telling some stories, and they're saying, he's like, Jesus is on team Satan or something like that. He's like, no, what are you talking about? He says, I walk right into the strong man's house, I plunder it, and I walk right back out. This ain't even a fight. This, is, this ain't even a contest, all right? It knows who Jesus is, right? It also knows what is valuable, okay? It also knows what is valuable because this, the Spirit said, begged him, begging Jesus again and again. Who's groveling at the feet of Jesus? It's these guys. And they said, don't send us to a distant place, Don't send us to a distant place. In fact, they said, we want to go over to some pigs there, which are nearby. Don't send us to a distant place, Jesus. Do you think the enemy wants to give up any ground? In your life, today, you're going to hear a message of hope and encouragement that's found only in Jesus to get real about the things and the issues that have been oppressing us and to take one step forward. Do you think the enemy wants to give up any ground in this fight? I might have to leave them alone, but I don't want to go too far away because I don't want them going very far. They might take a step, but I don't want them to walk a mile. I don't want them going very far. He said, don't send us far away. This thing has been ravaging you and and wreaking havoc in your life and in your family's life for a month, for a year, for a decade, for 30, 40 years. Do you think... Today, that the enemy wants to give up any ground in this battle or fight. Not at all. And in Los Alamos, in our city, we love Los Alamos. No strings attached. Because that's what we're called to do, is go love our city around us. Do you think the enemy wants to give up any ground in Los Alamos? No. Here's here's why. What happens typically in Los Alamos? Obviously, we have the lab. We're a company town. But people come from all over the globe here. How often do they stay here? Typically not everybody is about every 2 to 3 years and then what? They leave and where do they go? All around the world. Do you think in this little tiny town situated with a global mission to Get people for a couple of years. Love on them unconditionally. Give them hope. Give them strength. Then they move to DC and say, You go do the same wherever you're at. Do you think the enemy wants to give up any ground? No. Keep us close, Jesus. Don't send us far away. Not in this region. Not in this town. The crazy thing is, Jesus says, Okay, he gives them permission. And it says that the demons uh, go over to these pigs, about 2,000 of them, and these pigs immediately rush into a lake and die. Now, again, this is, this, is, this is bizarre. It's a great day for Jesus. Heals the man. Great day for the disciples that are there. They're like, oh, my gosh, Jesus, you're, you're rocking it. Great day for naked streaker guy living in the cemetery. He's healed. You know who it's not a great day for? Pigs and pig farmers. He just wrecked their economy. Some scholars would say that it was anywhere in today's economy, about a half million to two million dollars in that region, gone. And it says that the the people who, who the farmers with those pigs, they ran back into town to to tell the other people, all right? So they, they don't have Snapchat. They don't have Instagram stories where they're like, Hey, did you see what just happened? That was crazy. No, they're like, we're running to town and say, that was not us. (laughs) That was him. That was this guy. So the people, they come back out, and they come and see what happened. And watch what they said. They said, the crowd began pleading with Jesus to go away and leave them alone. They cared more about their pigs than they did this man. They cared more about their money than they did this man. Why would Satan know what's valuable and attack it? Why is he going to attack what's valuable? Why is he going to want to stay close? Because he wants Jesus to leave. I hear Job. I hear Job saying, hey, can I get in this conversation, anybody? When when Satan and, and God kind of have this conversation and... And, and they're like, Job, he's awesome. He's a faithful guy. He's a great guy. And Satan's like, okay, let me, let me test that out. What's he do? He attacks what is valuable in his life. He goes right after it. Family, property, everything goes right after it. For us, he'll do the same thing. Mandates, that's the word of the day. He's hitting things that are powerful, that are valuable. We've had people that will offend us. He'll he'll send something your way to ping that area that's valuable in life. Why? So you'll send Jesus away. Oh, God must not be for me. Or there's something that's going on and we'll, we'll distance ourselves from Jesus. Now, why would Jesus give permission if he knows that's the enemy's purpose, why would Jesus give him permission? And you gotta, you, you, if we know this is the enemy's tactic for us to attack and discourage and distract us so much that we'll give up hope and we'll send Jesus away, and we've got our priorities on the pigs rather than the person, Jesus, from his side, he's trying to eliminate everything so you can see him more clearly. You didn't need the pigs. I'm the thing you're looking for. I'm the thing you're thirsty for. I'm the thing you're hungry for. I'm the bread of life. This, I, let's get all of this out of the way so you can see me more clearly. I hear the rich young ruler wanting to get in on this one. Hey, Jesus, what do I got to do to get in relationship with you? Oh, rich young ruler. Hey, I love you. Come follow me. I'm going to tell you something that's hard, but I love you. Let's get rid of all the stuff. Go sell all your possessions and give it to the poor so you can see me more clearly. He'll remove the distractions. He'll remove so we can have a relationship with Jesus, which is what he's about in the first place. He's everything that you need. The enemy will attack it so you'll send them away. Jesus has a bigger and greater purpose, a relationship. The enemy also knows that this man, not only what is valuable, but he knows who is valuable. He knows that this man was valuable. Now, I said we were going to come back to this this first uh, verse. It says, so they arrived at the other side of the lake in the region of the Gerasians. So Mark tells us that they crossed over a lake, the Sea of Galilee. Now, If you're not a, 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 know your Israel geography, that's completely okay. But there's the Sea of Galilee right there. Most likely they were ministering in a town called Capernaum. Also Capernaum, you could translate it to the village of Comfort. They go across the Sea of Galilee, this giant lake. The other side, the Gerasians, is Gentile territory. It is non Jewish territory. Jews and Gentiles, they don't get along. They don't mix. They, you have to leave comfort, and we're going to go to the other side where you are uncomfortable. You're going you're to leave this place of your Jewish traditions, and we're going to go to the other side. Now, when you see that story in Mark chapter 4, we didn't read it. You're going to have to read it on your own. These two stories are connected, right? They're doing ministry probably in Capernaum, and Jesus just says, let's go to the other side. Those guys knew what the other side meant, Gentile territory. No, Jesus, we don't mix over there. That's not our territory. But he doesn't even tell them why. He just says, let's get in the boat and let's go, which is a total side note from today's message. Can you follow Jesus today when you only have a what, but you don't know a why? Or do you have to have everything figured out? I'll only take that step of faith, which is a hard one, which is a tough one. I'll only cross over if you give me guaranteed success, eliminate uncertainty, and let's have this thing mapped out. Or can you just take a step of faith when Jesus gives you that next step and say, my heart, my mind is, is, is already set. The answer is yes before you even ask Jesus. That's the heart that he wants. They cross over. This is the the part of Mark chapter 4 that some of us, we know this story. A huge storm comes. They're all fighting for their lives. They think they're going to die. They wake Jesus up. And Jesus, we're freaking out. The boat's going to sink. We're going to die. We're in this storm. Waves are crashing. And Jesus rebukes the storm and calms it down so they can cross over to the other side. Now, a couple things. One, Jesus, he's going to deliver on his promises. All right, if he says he's gonna do it, he's gonna do it. We're going to the other side. What? You know? Don't, have, don't lose faith. Secondly, it says that he, he rebuked that storm. Now, this is just me, and there's some other scholars too. I, one, Jesus is displaying his power so they can see him more clearly. The storm might come in your life. Why? The point of that story is who is Jesus? He's God, he's powerful. But I also think. Jesus only rebukes things that are coming from the enemy. And he said he rebuked that storm because I think the enemy knew who was on the other side and that person was valuable, extremely valuable. And so Jesus, he rebukes that storm. The enemy will not attack what he's not threatened by. He didn't want Jesus coming across to the other side to this man. Apparently, if you're being attacked lately, if you're being like this, is, wounds have been on you for lately or a while, and you're wondering what's going on, apparently you have value in God's eyes. He has something great for you today. You don't have to stay shackled. Jesus is here, so hope is here. And so as Jesus comes across the sea, he knew something that greater was on the other side. We're going to go from comfort to discomfort because something greater is on the other side. Value. we got to understand the importance of value. The enemy knows what is valuable. The enemy knows who is valuable. And so does Jesus. Value is determined by the price somebody is willing to pay. Uh, A couple years ago, there was a rare $1,000 bill that was sold at auction. It's called the Marcy Bill. But I think there was only two in print. Now, this thing is only $1,000, but it sold at auction for $1.82 million. What's interesting is all it is is a piece of paper. That's all it is. Uh, Monet painting a couple years ago went to auction, and at auction sold for $84 million dollars. Now, I love art, but I'm not always necessarily an art history guy. I go to, the, to some of the museums sometimes, and you look at some of these paintings that are probably worth millions, and it looked like someone like swallowed paint and then just like spit it on the thing, and you're like, what is this? And it's worth millions. I'm not saying that about Monet. Monet's pretty awesome, but $84 million. A car recently Rolls-Royce one of the most expensive cars ever sold sold for 13 million dollars at auction you can't buy it it was only sold custom at, at auction these things whether it's a piece of paper a house and property value is determined by the price somebody is willing to pay Jesus went through the storm through for this guy Jesus crossed over to the other side. Jesus, what I want you to see today, Jesus, he crossed heaven to come down to earth to give up his life and sacrifice his life, rose from the grave for you. No, I don't think you heard me. He gave up his life. God himself, creator of the heavens and the earth, the entire universe came for you. He values you. You must have something valuable. Value is determined by the price somebody is willing to pay, and Jesus paid it all for you. I don't care if it's a $1,000 bill, a car, a painting, or the person in the mirror. This truth that value is determined by the price somebody is willing to pay has to resonate in our heart. And the enemy does not want you to know this. He's begging and pleading that you will not take a step of faith and realize how much you are worth. You are not worthless, no matter who chained you up no matter who tried to shackle you down. In fact, Jesus would say, you are so strong. In your your felt weakness, you are so strong. Jesus would say, you are so positioned where you are right now. I put the people around you. You are so positioned right now. You are so valuable, and you have so much purpose in the areas that there's something greater on the other side for you if you would just take that step of faith. He healed this man who had no hope. One of the furthest outcasts that you and I could think of. And Jesus said, I crossed over for him, and I'll do it for you anytime. And as Jesus was getting ready to get into the boat and leave, wounds with a purpose, wounds with a purpose, wounds with a purpose the man who had demon-possessed begged to go with him. Now he's begging Jesus, hey, come with me, I want to, or I want to go with you. I want to go with you, Jesus. Don't leave me with these crazy people. They tried to shackle me up and chain me up, and they left me for dead in the cemetery. Don't leave me in Los Alamos, Jesus. Like, no, this can't be the last place. We, don't leave me. This, this isn't it. This isn't the goal. Don't leave me here, Jesus. Like, take me with you. Jesus said, no. Sometimes I'm not going to take you out of it. I'll take it out of you. No. Go home to your family and tell them everything the Lord has done for you. Is that not our mission? Is that not our mission? Tell everything the Lord has done for you. i said all of this to say this, and I don't know if you will receive it. I've prayed that you will. You don't have to hide your wounds anymore. Your hurts, your pains, you don't have to hide them anymore. In fact, if you will receive this today, your wounds just might be your anointing. Your wounds might be your anointing. Go home and tell your family and your friends and your coworker and your neighbors and the whole world what God has done to heal you of your wounds. And he did. And he went home. And it said everyone was amazed at what he told them. This man was the first missionary to the Gentiles. Think about this. This impacts you and I today, right here, right now. Jesus was on a mission, and this guy was in Gentile territory, and he became the first ever missionary to the Gentiles. I don't know your, your ethnicity or your blood. I'm just going to take a random guess that most of us are not Jewish, which means most of us would be Gentiles. This guy started in Christ. Go and tell everybody. Go and tell everybody what the Lord has done for you. He was the first. My prayer over you today is some of you are going to be the first. You're going to be the first in your family to actually go and live this thing out. Maybe you have family members that are Christian today and they go in this this thing out. But you are, your faith is not capped by the amount of faith that your parents have or your brother and sister have. If Jesus is calling you to take another step and go further today, you're like, well, there must be better than me. I can't quite make it as far as there. No, Jesus just wants you to follow him. You might be the first to have greater faith, to take that step. Today might be your first day to say, I'm going to call Jesus my Lord and Savior for the very first time in my life. I want Him. Why? Because you have an amazing story to tell. When people hear what God has done in your life, you tell them they're going to be amazed. You may not think it, you may not feel it, but we understand God knows how much valuable you are. He paid that price. And now he says, go. 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 One step at a time. One conversation at a time. One story at a time. That, Freedom Church, that is how you change the world. And that's our mission. So with that, can we stand? Can we pray together? God, I pray right now. Some of us, it's not happening necessarily in this room but in our brains in our bodies we are crying out to you. We we may not be physically wandering in a cemetery but we are wandering in tombs that will not give life. Struggling, screaming, God, where are you? Why is this happening? And we're crying out, Jesus for those who resonate with that today, speak to them. Let them know that you are really completely in control. Let them know that you do care, that you do love them. Speak right to their hearts today where they need to hear it and show them a next step. Thank you again for taking the time to listen to the podcast this week. I hope you felt inspired